Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in this morning. This is a Wednesday edition of the program. And, and our main article today is a article that we haven't, or a, not an article, but a country we don't focus on a lot in the show, which is Ireland. Uh, remember to follow me on all of our alt tech partners and platforms, Gab, Getter, Telegram, t.me slash GOP Josh, Getter.com slash GOP Josh, Gab.com slash GOP Josh, as well as all the mainstream tech, Twitter, Instagram, GOP Josh 20 on both. So an Irish Holiday Inn closed down. They just opened up in, in July of last year, and they've now closed down. They are the fourth largest hotel in Dublin. It's at the Dublin airport. And they have closed so they can host asylum seekers. After less than seven months of active service, the Holiday Inn at Dublin airport has closed its doors to the general public. It is now understood that the 421-bedroom establishment, reportedly the fourth largest hotel in the Irish capital of Dublin, is now to host asylum seekers being processed by the Irish government. According to an article by the Irish Times, the the hotel has claimed to have signed an exclusive contract and is no longer operating as a result. This is despite the four-star hotel having been opened in July of last year. Its opening have initially been delayed due to the start of the Chinese virus. Ireland's government is understood by the publication to have lined up the establishment to hold people seeking asylum, which is the country's body responsible for housing such individuals, the International Protection Accommodation Service. So you're probably wondering, Josh, why are you talking about this Ireland hotel on your American-centered political podcast? Because this is what the Biden administration and what the party in power wants our country to turn into. They want to take illegal immigrants from the border who are asylum seekers bringing drugs across our border. They want to take those people and they want to take those criminals and put them in hotel rooms and and good establishments and allow them to build a life in the United States of America without any sort of consequences, without any sort of processing anything. They want us to close our hotels. They want us to pay for the hotels to close so they can open up, open the doors for these asylum seekers. And, and I'm using asylum seekers as the, the, the term they use, but that's really not what they are. They are they are criminals. They are illegal immigrants to the country of Ireland. And maybe Ireland wants to accept them, but that's what they want the United States to turn into. They want the United States to begin accepting the same criminals, the same the same illegal immigrants that, that Ireland is here in the United States. And during the Biden border crisis earlier this year, which is still going on, by the way, earlier last year, they were sending them to hotel rooms. They were giving them voucher, vouchers for hotel flights to wherever they want to go in the nation, um, use, allowing them to use their um, arrest warrants as identification. That's what they want in the United States. And I don't bring up Ir- Ir- Irish politics because I'm a big fan of Ireland or anything. I don't know that much about Ireland besides the fact that they have St. Patrick's Day. But I do know that so goes the world the United States will follow, especially with the party in power and especially with, with, with the senile old man in power. That if something happens to the rest of the world and something the rest of the world does will happen in the United States. And I don't want to see our hotels closing, our, our business owners closing to the public because they're housing illegal immigrants. 
That's exactly their goal here in the United States as well as Ireland, and I wanted to bring that up here on the show. Ireland's government has understood... Okay, here it is. Uh, according to the government's agency, 3,300 more asylum seekers have arrived in the country of just under 5 million since October of last year. The body already has deals with six establishments in Ireland's capital to host uh, to house asylum seekers with a recent tender estimated to be worth about 50 million pounds being recently run by the state in the hunt for more accommodation. Uh, official Ireland has a well-established practice of turning private hotels into accommodation for asylum seekers despite com- complaints from the general public. What 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 is I don't know that much about Irish politics. If I'm being honest. The president of the Ireland, let's see here. Is there party names like liberal and conservative or whatever is is that a, is that a thing? No, he's an independent, okay. Yeah, I I, I don't understand anything about Irish politics, but I do know that especially the the party in power, which is which is the the core establishment, will follow what the rest of the world does. And when a similar program comes out before the end of Biden's first term, I guarantee, I, I almost guarantee it. Come back to this episode, and I'll be I told you so. And they'll use this Irish practice as a as a as an excuse, as a justification. For their actions, they'll use this this hist- this historic international precedent as an excuse for their practice. And I just wanted to bring that up. It's international, and I'm not the biggest fan of international politics, but I I do want to bring that up because of the importance of um, of illegal immigration and, and how they are they are operating it. And this is about the trucker convoy, which is supposed to come to the United States. Um, I think, when are they supposed to start? March 1st, I think? Uh, From California to the United States? I'm not sure. But I do know that the National Guard is being deployed already to control traffic for the truck convoys in D.C. And they even said, I I, I listened to, my favorite show is probably Live from America with Jeremy Harrell. And he even talked about how they said they're going to keep one lane open for emergency travel. And he said, if you can't get to your work, tough. Maybe you should take the day off. The Pentagon has approved the deployment of 700 unarmed National Guard troops to the nation's capital as it prepares for the trucker convoys that are planning protests against the pandemic restrictions beginning next week. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin approved the request Tuesday from the District of Columbia government and the U.S. Capitol Police, the Pentagon said in a statement on Tuesday night. The troops will be used to assist with traffic control during demonstrations expected in the city in the coming days. 400 Guard members from the District of Columbia Guard will be joined by 300 Guard members from other states, according to the statement. Guard members will not carry firearms or take part in law enforcement or domestic uh, surveillance activities, the Pentagon said. Modeled after recent trucker protests in Canada, separate truck convoys have been planned throughout through online forums with names like the People's Convoy and the American Truckers Freedom Fund, all with different starting points, departure dates, and routes. Uh, some are scheduled to arrive in time for President Joe Biden's State of the Union address on March 1st. And may others, so though others may arrive afterward. From the planning I've seen in in, in uh, what I've been following, none of them are supposed to be in the Capitol on March first, and if they are, they're just normal truckers who decided to stop in the Capitol. And if if it's not on their schedule, because the only way these kind of protests can work, they have to be very carefully calculated, and they have to they have to be precise. 
that if they're going to travel from California to the United States and they want a full impact on their route, on their movement, they can't be spread out because it'll just like a normal looking normal traffic. If they want to truly affect anything and they want their protest to have an effect and an actual feeling, for lack of a better term, they will have to travel together. And they even said they're going to leave a lane open for emergency travel, but other than that, you can wait. Because our country is worth fighting for. Our country is worth waiting for. And I respect the trucker protests. I don't respect deploying National Guard because what this is going to lead to is the same thing that Justin Castro did up in Canada. Declaring a state of emergency. Ceasing their bank account information and all of their funds out of their bank account. Trying to lock them up in solitary confinement. Sending in police officers on horses to trample the protesters. And this isn't an unruly protest. They were sitting out standing in the streets in their, in the, in their trucks. How was that an unruly protest? If you're that worried about unruly protests, why was the Justin Castro, Justin Trudeau, the blackface-wearing BLM protester... Not as upset in 2020. It's hypocritical. When, when the protests are used against them, they hate them. They, they hate your right to express yourself. They hate your right to say what you think. And I believe that January 6th was an unruly protest, but I also know that as, that is less unruly than anything BLM did in 2020. But because they got a little too close to the Capitol and they got inside the Capitol, even though the police let them in, it's an unruly protest, and we need to declare a state of emergency. Because the protests are being used against the establishment, against the party in power, against the Democratic Party, against the people that are in, the, in these institutions, because they got a little too close to 1776. They established state of emergency, both, at, both in Canada and kind of in the United States after January 6th. And they're expecting the same thing to happen again. And starting off with the National uh, Guard already being deployed is leading to January 6th, Part 2. Not in the actual actions, but in the response. Because we'll hear, when you you watch C-SPAN, the January 6th Commission, if they're even live streaming on C-SPAN, I don't have C-SPAN. They say, these these trucker protesters, which are pro-Trump rioters, who hail Hitler and uh, and uh, breached our capital and uh, threatened our democracy? You know that's what that's what they're going to say. And allowing the National Guard into the Capitol already is going to defend that. And I'm going to explain why I said hail Hitler in that in that statement when it comes to the trucker protest right after this. I don't I don't actually hail Hitler. Just I just want to clarify that. But I am going to talk about what a Canadian lawmaker said. What what honk honk actually means? Okay, we'll be right back after this.
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. I kind of left on a very weird cliffhanger. That sounds very bad out of context, but I'm going to explain why I said that right now. And let's see here. This Canadian um, MP, it doesn't have a name. I can't find this woman's name. I'm scrolling through all the tweets about it. Uh, okay. Yaira Socks. Yaira Socks. And I, I'm just going to play the clip. I'm just going to play the clip. As soon as I can find it again, here it is. How many guns need to be seized? This is a Canadian lawmaker. How much vitriol do we have to see of Hong Kong, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler? Do we no, it is not. By these protesters on social media, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler. No, it is not. Do we need to see... <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how we're supposed to respond to that. People complain about misinformation on the right. People accuse this show of misinformation, this and that. But you're saying that is allowed? That goes unchecked? Honk honk is literally an expression referring to a truck horn honking. People are... Oh my, I'm... Okay, let's see this. So it's, um, Hus- Russell has posted on Telegram asking his followers to Hong Kong for our truckers. Just realize what this means. But the thing about this is it's a, it's a Telegram screenshot. But the only thing they did was they, they, they blacked out the, the, the dates. So this could have very well been a response to her stupidity. In, in this screenshot by Tyler Russell, and I'm not sure exactly who that is, on Telegram. And that could have been a response. Oh, sorry, another video started to play. So, you know, I mean, they won't show the dates, and they, they won't actually defend their claim. When I say Hong Kong, I'm referring to the, the hideaway Justin Castro, who won't face his people and won't stand up for his people. That's what I'm referring to, and I think that's what 99% of people who use it at least are referring to. But it, but every time, every time, someone on the right protests, or someone on the right stands up for their freedom or their values, it somehow comes back to the Holocaust and Hitler. That's all they have. It's Hitler on January 6th. That's all they have to attack the right. And Hitler wasn't even on the right. He was a national socialist. So this argument is utterly stupid. And I I really don't know how else to respond. I I mean, when you say such outlandish things, there really isn't a way to respond. Is there? I I mean, think about it. Think about it. Speaking of socialism and communism, a Democratic congressman, uh, Ruben Galeco, which is my first interaction with this person, the first uh, thing I've known about this person, has tweeted something very outrageous, in my opinion. Calls for seizing the trucks of protesters heading to Washington, D.C. and giving the property to businesses looking to grow. 
What? In America, we can seize trucks and just give them away? That is literally the definition of theft. That is a crime. Perfect time to impound and give the trucks to small trucking companies looking to expand their business. Oh my. Oh no. Says the guy who's never owned a business, according to Josh Barnett, who's a candidate for Congress. In a separate district, but also in Arizona. Here is the Fourth Amendment. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. That, that, that's a portion of it. And, and it's true. Imagine if we said this about BLM. Imagine if we said, let's identify these protesters and take their cars and give them to law enforcement officers. But what, let's, let's take these cars and give them to the businesses they burned down. We'd be called racist and, and homophobic and every other insult in the book. Paul Gosar, if he said that, because I'm just using it as a reference because he's a congressman on the, on the right, would probably be censured again for saying that. I mean, you, you, you can openly advocate for theft and not have any repercussions whatsoever. I'm, oh, he, he's a progressive. So yes, he's very, he's very left-wing. I'm looking on his website. He is uh, a Marine Corps member, veteran. He's a state representative. Okay, he's a career politician. After his service in the military, he's a career politician. Challenging House Republicans and Trump care. Okay, this article is from like 2011. Paul Ryan was still in power. This website's very out of date. I, I was trying to find something about this guy. I'm going to be honest. I cannot find a thing. I can't find a policy. I can't find anything. Here it is. Priorities. I, I, this is just kind of fighting Trump's bigoted policies. That, that That's his priority. Representing Arizona's 7th District, that's his priority. Okay, I don't think anyone in Arizona's 7th District says, you know what, we should steal these trucks and give them to other people. I don't think that's advocated for by anyone on any side of the aisle besides this guy, and and probably more left-wingers, let's be honest. But I don't think any member of, of Arizona's 7th Congressional District wants to advocate for stolen trucks and giving them to other people and other businesses to support themselves. Because the only time their businesses have been destroyed are because of democratic protests. And looking to expand their business would probably be have something to do with having to get more supplies and trying to make some money from the democratic protests in Washington, D.C., burning the city down. Okay, we're moving on to some Ohio news. Um, I, I saw this article last night. Frank LaRose... No problem. I, I don't have major problems with Frank Lewis. There's some minor things, but I, I don't have major problems with Frank Lewis. But it is impossible to see a way to hold a complete May 3rd primary. Is it now? Without maps or, uh, for legislative or congressional districts, it is virtually impossible to hold a primary for those races on May 3rd. I can foresee no, almost no circumstance where it's possible to conduct the district races on May 3rd. In a letter to legislative leaders, LaRose put it bluntly. Uh, let me be clear on this point. It is impossible to see a scenario where those maps are favorably passed by the redistricting commi- commission. 
you know, challenged by litigants, reviewed by the court, and given a final approval within the time frame conductive to a May 3rd, 2022 primary election date. I remember. I got to go way back in time for this to March of 2020. When our primary was scheduled, let me get the exact date right. Let me, let me get it exactly right. It was scheduled for March 10th. The court, the Supreme Court of Ohio, it's either the third or the tenth, either way, it doesn't really matter, said that you cannot delay the primary. They said you cannot delay it, you have to have it on the day, you can't change it. Frank LaRose said, I'm changing it anyway. DeWine said, we're changing it anyway. And the date was changed. And lower uh, participation came up from... They don't ever ever actually have an in-person primary. It was a mail-in voting only primary, if I remember remember properly. So he's violated court orders before. DeWine has violated court orders before. Why not start now? Why Why not do it again? So you can have a primary on the proper day. Is it because the Ohio Republican Party is falling apart and you have to do something about it before the primary? Is it because you're facing a tough primary challenge against uh, with John Adams? What is the reasoning? Why can we not have a primary on the day of, on May 3rd? The primary is three months away at this point. Let's see here. Yeah, February, March, April, May. May 3rd, three months away at this point, or about two months away, but still, you get the point. There is a reasonable amount of time if if the redistricting committee works day and night to get their maps done, stand up to Maureen O'Connor, the fake Republican, and get these maps passed and put in place, we have no problem. We'll have a, we'll have a primary on time. But the Republicans have to do their jobs. Get these maps drawn. Realize that Maureen O'Connor is not going to stand up for us. Thankfully, get her out of there soon enough. And move on. I'm thankful that Justice Kennedy, who followed me on Twitter, by the way, so you're probably, you might be listening to this. Thank you, Justice Kennedy, for following me back. Following me back. I cannot speak to it again. I... Thank you. But we'll be our next Chief Justice of the Ohio Supreme Court. Basically guaranteed, I, I'd like to thank. And this won't happen to ha- have to happen again because she's been strong with legislative maps. But we have to do something about this. There cannot be a point where two primaries, two major primaries in a row, our chief election officer, who's only elected basically to do elections, that's about all he does, is saying we cannot do our primary on time. That is an an insane lack of of preparation, an insane lack of consequence an insane lack of 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 so much and unfortunately i think that's where we're leading and i think that's where we're going but you know what we're not going we're not going away we're going to keep fighting for our elections every single day here on the conservative crusader my name is jp josh be back tomorrow with the thursday edition of the conservative crusader but as for the wednesday edition we are all wrapped up for now so stay tuned for the thursday edition wherever you get your podcasts. My name is GOP Josh. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. <laughs>